All right, friends, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Emily, and she helps moms get quick wins to combine learning and play, and she's the queen of what I like to think easy crafting for this hot mess mom. The baking that she does is so cute to incorporate with your kids, and I'm so excited for her to chat with us today about how we can help our kids find easy ways to play while we're working. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited that we get to finally meet like in person, I feel like over the internet. That's like been the thing of the year and on a computer screen, but yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way any of us have all met this last year. So um, I'm excited to chat with you and to help moms get easy, quick wins and easy time so that we can do the things of either motherhood or working. But before we jump in, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit like what is your world right now looking like when you're trying to work? How are you balancing it? Okay. So I'm Emily. I have, I'm married to Eric, my high school sweetheart, and we have two kids and we got like, we graduated college, got married, had babies, like instantly. We did not waste any time. Um, My kids are four and six. So um, I have a daughter, Reagan, who's six and my son is four and we are finishing our first year of kindergarten, which was nothing what I dreamed my child's first year of school would be. And I am a former mm-hmm. teacher. So I have been like, I was telling my husband, I dreamt about her first day of kindergarten before she was a thought. Like, so yeah, did you get to go to school at all? She is. She's now in school. Um, I was totally against virtual schooling. So we did all of a sudden, we decided we were homeschooling kindergarten. We did homeschool for preschool, which I was on, you know, that was my thing. That's, that is my thing. 
but um, I wasn't planning it for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, but they then with, once we were able to go in person and things started looking a little more normal and that's a really loose word here. It is. It's like, I feel like you didn't get to have, as my one friend, Ashley Carbonato says, like we didn't get to have like the kindergarten mom. No. I know one other mom. And that's because like Turner was the only boy invited to a girl's birthday party. Like it was all girls and Turner. But I feel like I don't even know. Like he talks about these other kids and he's like, can we play? I'm like, I, I don't even know what the kid looks like. You know, like I'll pull up pictures on the app and show him. And I'm like, which friend are you talking about? Because I don't even know who these kids are. Yes, I, we are, my kids will ask for a play date and I'll put myself out here. I'm cool with the play date. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> But the awkward part is then asking the, well, one, finding a way to ask the other family. And then two, navigating to see if they are like, are are we cool with that? Are we doing that? Like, how are you doing? That's like even the birthday party that Turner went to. And I was like, I'm a horrible person for asking you about that. Yes. That's even when, when Turner went to the birthday party, it was like, um, are you wanting him to bring a mask? I don't really care. I mean, if he wants to bring it and he's comfortable, like, so he took one because in his mind, well, it's my school friends. I have to wear a mask. And I was like, I mean, if you want to wear a mask, buddy, you can, but you play outside and breathe the same air. I'm kind of like, we're all school parents. Like it's, we all intermix because our kids all go to school. So we all have each other's germs. <laughs> it's okay yes. And we like, we, like you were saying, we had, didn't get to meet kindergarten friends because we had just moved or not just moved, but we kept saying to ourselves in our new house, like, well, once she goes to kindergarten, we'll meet other parents. And then kindergarten did not let us meet other parents. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, mommy, can we do a play date? Uh, honey, I would do that in a heartbeat, but I don't have an op- a way to, to ask somebody to come to our house without being like the creeper person on Facebook that's like, if anybody in the neighborhood yeah. want to do a play date. Yeah. Uh, that's not, that's way beyond my comfort. So Yeah, I can feel that. And even we have, I always joke that our block, it's like blocked in one side's a circle and then one isn't an outlet. So like literally they, they can't get very far. And it's like a circus ring. We have so many kids in our neighborhood. And then he'll be like, can I go in so-and-so's house? And I'm like, no, because I've never seen, I don't know who their mom is. So sorry. No. Opposite, we live in the country. Uh, and so there's a solid two acres between each house. So I can't, I don't, you're sure as heck not going so down <laughs> It's not like you have a neighborhood app that's like, so-and-so who I think lives three down, like, if you live four houses down from me, no, can you claim your kid? Yeah, <laughs> nope, that's not a thing here. But yeah, so I have two kids, circling back, um, two kids, and I write a preschool curriculum um, that is geared towards moms. That's um, It is for, it came to be because... When I was, um, when I left my job as a teacher, I was pregnant with my son um, and I had Reagan who was on the cusp of turning two and some of our friends started talking about preschool and I was like, "Mm, I just quit my job. So that's not in the budget. There's no way in heck I'm going to Eric and saying, can we 
pay for that? Because he's going to be like, why did you quit your job? She was already in school and you said you wanted her out. And it's just not what I wanted. At, at that age, I wanted to spend time, more time with my kids. So some of our friends were doing the preschool thing and some of us were kind of standing there awkwardly, not in that conversation, you know? <laughs> um, I was like, are you guys planning to do preschool to the other ones who were standing there looking awkward? And they said no. And I was like, well, I'm a teacher. I could write a few activities for us to do with our kids at home. Mm-hmm. And so I told Eric about that. And he was like, well, why Why would you write it just for your friends? If you should write it for the whole dang world. And I was like, oh, sure. I've got an, I'm pregnant. And have a small child, like what else do I have to do with my time? But I did. I then the pandemic hit. So I wrote this whole thing totally geared towards my daughter. And I think I was too close to the classroom at that time. I had just left the classroom that it is definitely the first thing I wrote is definitely geared towards a teacher. And you were telling me that like I prep for so long and my kids don't do the activities. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Um, the first time around. And it took me a while to realize that it was, it wasn't serving me. I was over it. And then um, it really wasn't, it served my daughter because she is the kid who is like school is designed for her. Uh, Derek is not. And he was like, that's really cute that you did all that mom, but I have zero interest in doing, in touching any of that. It's one thing to prep a bunch of materials when 20 kids are going to use them and then you're going to laminate them and you're going to use it for four or five years. So you're getting 80 kids worth out of that activity and you can validate the time that it took to prep that super long activity. But when your one child, maybe two are going to touch it and they're going to touch it for five minutes. Yeah, no, that's not going to, we're not going to print, cut, laminate, cut. No, that doesn't work anymore. And I realized that, that that was not serving me, wasn't serving my kid, especially when I prepped one for him that he was like hard pass, not even going to touch, not even going to entertain you touching that one. So yeah, uh, that I had it in my mind for a really long time that I was going to rewrite something for Derek and then the pandemic hit. And so I was forced to stop everything I was doing. And I was like, all right, I guess this is when I'm going to write it. I'll write it now. Um, so I wrote it and it was, I put it out in July of this past, of the pandemic, July 2020. And now, I mean, so much has evolved since I started this whole thing. Like I said, I started it with a two-year-old and a newborn. I now have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. So what my workday looks like is completely different from way back then. Um, back then it used to be just nap time and bedtime. And that was, I'm going to be straight in front. That was awful. (laughs) Yes, it it was. Like we were talking before we got on because our kids are the exact same age. And my best friend right now, we're four and six and she's four and two. And I was like, this is the worst of it. I mean, they could get worse when they are teenagers. Someone's probably laughing at us. Yeah. But I'm like, I promise you, just hang tight and don't lose your shiz. And when you're going to lose it, just call me because I promise you it's going to get better. Yes. And especially, I mean, it's that's just the hard years as it is. I Like you said, the teenagers, parents of teenagers are going to laugh at us. And I'm sure I'm going to eat my words when I hit that stage. That stage scares me way more than the, the two and zero stage. 
But in terms of, I think, the work-life balance and them needing our attention while we also need to give either a nine-to-five type job, we're all now working from home, or just the passion project. I mean, this was a started off as a passion project. It did not start off as, like, we're going to pay our bills with Sandbox Academy. Um, it was just that I needed something to fulfill Emily and not just to fulfill the mom role or just to fulfill the wife role. Um, And when I left teaching, I needed something that fulfilled Emily. Uh, But yeah, that balance is hard. I will, we're going to talk about independent play and how I get my kids to play independently. Uh, First thing I'm going to put out there is that it does start with putting some work into it. Like anything that's worthwhile in life, I can now send my kids to go play for a solid three hour stretch of time. There are, of course, there's an interruption here and an interruption there, Mm -hmm. but I can guarantee myself daily with my kids at home, three hours of work. I put a lot of work in on the back end to get to that point. There's not a single strategy that I'm going to tell you today. If your kids aren't playing independently right now, the strategy I tell you today is not going to get your kids to play for three hours tomorrow. It's not like I'm going to be real frank about that. But over time, and as they're as they get a little older, their their brain develops more, and they're able to play. Like just child development on its own allows for them to play longer without you. Yeah. I love how you talked about the prep time and how sometimes we put so much into it. Because as you say that, I'm laughing at myself because I have a like literally right here out of the corner of my eye, this box of of preschool curriculum I had bought that was wrote for a teacher, not a mom, to to put in place. And it's great. Each day has a bag. It all had its stuff. But it was so much prep time that I was like, I can't do this and build everything else that I'm trying to do. And that's what I love about your stuff. Because even just scrolling through on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I have those materials. I could do that. You know, like this, they gave me the materials and they're cut out. And I'm to the point where I'm like, well, we have a couple of curriculums that <laughs> we bought and didn't open the boxes. That I was like, well, we'll do the crafts out of them this year. But literally, I told one of my friends who is much better at doing that, that like the following a strict curriculum that has so much entailed. I was like, you can just have all the boxes. And she, I was like, just don't ask me how much I paid for it. Just take it. <laughs> because it it was just too much. And then like you said, with boys, like they just, it, it didn't fit them. They have to be active and doing stuff and prepping, like the prep that it took, it just, it, it didn't work for us. And so I love that your curriculum really is geared toward, yes, you can be a mom, but I think like a mom entrepreneur mm-hmm. can really benefit from it because you're taking out so much of the prep time that we just don't have. Yeah. So you're, I know your audience is more working moms like you and I, are they more on mom entrepreneurs or moms from nine to fives? Mom, I would say probably more mom entrepreneurs or there's still, or some moms who are just, still home with their kids, but, you know, dreaming of, of what they want to create. Yeah. So what I like about, what I like about my own curriculum, like, <laughs> just <laughs> more over here. Um, no, but what I was, I, I was intentional. The first go around, I was not intentional when I was making it. I, but it, as, as I grew as a mom and learned really what I needed as a mom, I was able to make something that was better suited. And I would say that, the curriculum you 
can use my curriculum full on to replace preschool. If you're looking to replace preschool, you could do that. Um, I provide book recommendations for each day. I provide you with like journal writing prompts that are going to work on those fine motor skills, as well as like a, a more academic activity and then something that's maybe a little artsy or um, STEM related. But if you're like, I send my kid to preschool, like I'm, and I'm very happy paying that tuition check every month. Like I'm cool with that. You could still use the the book and just be like, I need them to do something while I write this email, or I need them to do something while I cook dinner and pull an activity randomly from, and you know what, this week they're kind of into dinosaurs. So I'm going to pull from a di- one of the dinosaur activities. And it just allows you to ditch Pinterest, ditch Instagram, um, at least for those purposes. I know I'm, I'm never going to ditch Instagram. Um, <laughs> but Well, you're ditching the searching time because yeah. that's like, you know, the other thing you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, let me see. What do I got? Yes. What do I have? Ditching the searching time and just end the Then the, what turns for me, it turns into a mindless scroll. Like I tell myself I'm hopping on for two minutes to grab that, you know, to grab that recipe. And, yeah. Whoops. 30 minutes later and dinner's not made. Oh, the algorithm sucked you in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely something that can be used um, in a variety of ways, either as like full on, I'm a homeschool mom and I'm doing it, or I just need an activity to get us to write this email for today. Um, it totally works. And I, and I have people who use it in both, both cases. We are so excited to be introducing to you the Living Your Calling Retreats. These retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women. We are going to take you from places from the Midwest to the beach to the mountains. And this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need. These retreats are going to be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist so that you can be the first to know when we are going to be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join a community at the Living Your Calling retreat. So let's talk about like some tangible tips that we can give listeners to like, where do we even start? And, you know, like we have the stuff where I could put some cars out and Thatcher, who's four, will play with them for a little while. And sometimes he plays with them for a long time. But how do we help our kids? Like, what are the first steps to kind of essentially, I would assume it's almost like training them to Mm -hmm. have activities, you know, to play independently? Yeah. Uh, the very first thing is routine. I mean, that's it's with every single thing about our kids. When we teach them to sleep, when we teach them to eat, it's all about establishing a routine. Um, so, and that can look different for everybody. Um, and I'll be full transparency: it changes in my house often as as schooling needs change. <laughs> when um, our house has changed and what that routine looks like. For us, we've always had after 
in the so in the mornings there's an activity for my kids that has because now that we have school that's changed but when they were little I would have a morning activity set up for them and that just allowed that they still woke up and watched TV first thing and they ate breakfast but then as I was ready to call them out of those things and say like no we're going to transition into this part of our day there was an activity for them to jump right into and then I also used that same strategy after rest time or after nap time. The morning activities now, it's out there in case we finish all of our morning things early. We don't. We're not that family. We're the family. Yes, I can totally feel feel you. And I love that you mentioned, like, as someone who was an educator and you are educating that you're like, we still watch TV. Yeah. Like, that's ours. Our thing is, like, if you stay in your room till 7... Like, I don't care if you're awake. I don't really care what you're doing in there. But if you stay and you don't open that door till seven, you may watch a show. Yep. And and then they'll come in and be like, mom, like in your face, like the little creepers. Mom, it's seven. <laughs> yes, go. Goodbye. I don't even need to set an alarm because they are my alarm. Yes, same. Um, yeah, we, so I will say as I'm, as I'm preaching independent play, TV does not care, or like technology Independent play is the kid playing by themselves. I, as a mom, allow kids, two kids playing together because it still is achieving the goal that I need from independent play. Um, But technically, the book definition would be the child playing by themselves. And um, if you're feeling that, and I feel the mom guilt, like I will, there are days where I will, I will bake with my kids. I will do an activity with my kids. I do an art project with my kids. And then I sit down and do the three hours of work while they play independently. And then I go jump on the trampoline with my kids. And when I go to bed, the only thing I'm thinking about is those three hours that I wasn't with my kids and feeling guilty that like, I, and I'm like, I literally was Martha Stewart with my children all day long, but I took three hours to, to work. And that's, that's the only thing that's sitting with me. And it's not sitting with them because at dinner time, when I asked them, what do you want to, or what was your high part of the day? And what was your low part of the day? Nobody brought up the fact that mom worked for <laughs> three hours. Mm-hmm. But I digress. But so your guilt about not playing with your kids, you sh- I mean, you should do something with your kids every day. You should connect with them somehow, but they do need developmentally independent play. And that means play without you. Mm. And I love that because you're now giving permission like they don't need you. <laughs> yes. And they, they don't. They And it affects it kind of negative or not negatively. They, they need that connection with you. No doubt about that. But studies have shown that when adults are involved in kids play, that the, the play changes. The kids are, um, trying to please the adult. So they're changing their play based on what they think the, the adult wants. Even if you think as an adult, like, no, 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 I, I totally followed their lead the whole time. No, they didn't. They, the kid internally made decisions based on what they think you are wanting. Um, so yeah, you need to allow, so ditch that mom guilt, let them play them independently. They need it. You are giving them a huge gift with all the things that they benefit from with independent play. But so first thing back to our, how do we establish this? Sorry, I'm a rambler. Um, Would be to establish a routine. Every day at a certain time, your kids are going to do independent play. For us, nap time evolved into rest time. 
Some days they are required to do the whole rest time by themselves. Some days I let them do the whole rest time together. And some days we do 50-50. And that really just depends on my kids' moods. And if I'm like, no, you need a solid break from each other. Or if I'm like, yeah, you've been at school. You've both been at school. Like today's a Tuesday, Thursday. My kids have both been at school all day, not together. And when we come home, um, they'll benefit from having their rest time together. Um, Rest is two hours at our house. So there's my first two hours of work of quiet. And again, like kind of like you were saying where you don't care if your kids are watching TV as long as they're quiet and not and letting you sleep. I don't care what my kids are doing during rest time. I've made sure that their bedrooms are safe and secure. Like there's nothing in there that is going to harm them. Um, we have some ground rules that like you're not allowed to take your scissors into your room because we've had haircuts before. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as they're safe, they can play in their room as much as they want. They don't care. I don't care what they're doing in their room. It's their room. Um, and I'm, they're not bothering me, so I'm not bothering them. And then when we get out of uh, rest time, we do one more hour. And I and that one, I get, then I turn to technology. But it is a routine, and the kids know, like, I ate lunch. It's rest time. I'm going to have to go play. And that's no option about that. Um, and it's something we have been working on since they were little. The next thing I would say would be to when you're, so what now if we backtrack to those, what, how did I train them when they were little is to back away slowly. So I have a stage five clinger as one of my children and I will not name names, but since having this child, it has been very few minutes apart. from (laughs) But it starts with like, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to do, um, a sensory event or we're going to do whatever. We're going to play trains, whatever. And I would be like, okay, I'm going to, mommy's going to go potty and I'll come right back. And they, in that two minutes, I went to the bathroom. I didn't get sidetracked. I didn't scroll. I came right back. And I started to instill that faith in them that, okay, I can play here by myself for the two minutes. I don't have to follow, follow mommy to the bathroom and, and she will come back. And then Next, it turned into, okay, mommy's going to go change the loads of laundry. That takes me a little bit longer. Mommy's going to go empty the dishwasher. Mommy's going to go fold the laundry. Still, I'm standing right next to you. You're playing here. You know, you're playing to my right. I'm standing by the couch folding the laundry. We're not playing together, but I'm still here and I still exist. And you can trust that I didn't go anywhere. When I talk about it, it sounds so much like training a dog, which is just awful. (laughs) But we're just slowly instilling the confidence in them that they can indeed play without us sitting right next to them and instilling the confidence that we're not leaving forever, you know, Mm. that we're right back. Um, They can play and do this thing by themselves with us knowing that that doesn't break our relationship forever. (laughs) It's only an hour. It's only five minutes. And it it starts off as only being two minutes. And you just keep building up that time. And then my third tip would be to set something up, set up an activity. Um, You mentioned that the setup and then they don't do it is kind of frustrating, which I totally get. This is why I moved towards the simple setup that is only going to take me 30 seconds to two minutes so that I don't feel the disappointment 
when they don't do it. Because that's what it is. It's not that our kids have to do this activity. The reason you're not that invested in that activity, you're invested in the time that you took to prep that activity. Mm -hmm. So what if you're setting something up that just took you 20 seconds, you filled a bucket with water and you threw some some um, ocean animals into it and handed them tongs, you don't care if it took, it only took you 30 seconds. So if it only lasts them 30 seconds, you don't care as much. Now, I don't want my kids to just be entertained for 30 seconds. Obviously, that's not my goal. My goal is to get them to go play. Um, I use activities as a way to spark their brain and get their their imagination going so that they are ready for that independent play. Because I have absolutely had my children look at me dead in the eye and be like, I have nothing to play with. And I'm like, um, excuse me, I have a playroom. I have a closet full of toys. And you each have a bedroom filled with toys. What do you mean you have nothing to play with? Yes. But if I set up an activity, then they're like, okay, I'll get started with this because mom told me to, to do this. And they start doing it. And then they're like, oh, I want to go do this. And I want to go do that. And I want to go do this. And they move off into their own play. And I am here for it. I embrace it. Even if they only did the thing I set up for 20 seconds, if that was enough, to get them into their own thing, let them do their own thing. Do not stop. That ladybug activity is not worth <laughs> the 20 minutes that you're about to buy from them going off and doing their own thing with their own creativity. You know? Mm, I love that thought because as you were, you know, talking about the setting, you know, we we're setting up the activities and stuff. My six-year-old, the kindergartner, if he says, I'm bored one more time on a weekend, I'm going to lose my mind because I think it's hard because they're, you know, at school, it's very structured and it's predictable. And I am not a structured mom, like at all, like bedtime is semi-structured, but we don't have tons of structure. Okay. But now I love though, the thought of, but if I gave Turner an activity that was easy for me to set up that the both of them could do. And if he decides that he's done with it and goes off and does his own thing, like maybe he just needs that trigger yeah. of structure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I guarantee you in the classroom there, I mean, there's, they're staying focused as best they can, but then, it, you know, they're, they're five, six, their brains are going off in different directions. Um, but so he just, he could just need that little like, okay, here's an idea. Here's a spark to get you going. And um, I mean, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse because I'm like, oh, let's do this fun craft. And I have this, I have, I, I still have these visions in my brain of how it's going to all end up. And my daughter who has an amazing imagination is like, oh yeah. And then we could do this step and then this step and this, and oh, this turned into a lot bigger of a project than I was anticipating. And we were making leprechaun traps and I was like, okay, we're going to make leprechaun traps. You can go grab all, we have, I, I have an embarrassing pile of recyclables in my garage that we use for projects. Cause I tell myself we're going to use them for projects, but I was like, go ahead and grab it. Whatever you guys want from there to make le leprechaun traps. And she's like, ooh, that's a great idea, mommy. We can also then build, first we'll build a fort where we can build the leprechaun traps and then we'll do this. And then I was like, oh, this turned into a bit bigger than I, I just want to do the leprechaun traps. But 
yeah, sometimes they just need that little spark. And I killed, I, I killed that idea because I was like, yeah, that's going to turn into a bigger mess. And when you're, lo- when you've lost interest, the mess is still going to be there. I, I'm not always the fun time mom. Sometimes I kill ideas and I was like, yeah, we're just going to do the leprechaun traps the way mommy said. We're going to just do it mommy's way. <laughs> um, but yeah, they need that I, that spark. That's my long rambling way of saying. Yeah. That I, I, lo- I love that though. And even, you know, giving the permission of, okay, we're just going to do these few things. And I, and you know, and I love the the thought of how you were talking about rest time, because I think that that's one thing that I hear from a lot of my friends are like, how do you, because mine are, my boys, like when the sun is up there, they, they go until their heads hit the pillow. There is no, unless they're watching the TV, there is no stopping. They're like, how do you do it without nap time? And, and I'm like, well, with Thatcher, I'm like, they're just required. Like, okay, you have to go play. Like we just the TV's not on and I don't really care what you do, but it it was like, I had to be out there with him for a while. Now I love how you mentioned like how important the independent play was and without an adult, because sometimes he'll go into the living room. And if I enter the living room, he tells me to leave because he doesn't want me to see how he's playing, you know? And I love, you know, and he's like, ah, no, you leave now. And I'm like, so sometimes if he's out there and my husband will come up from the basement and I'm like, don't, don't even look over there. Don't, don't like bring him out of whatever he's doing because then that's going to be it. And I just sit at the kitchen table and sometimes he'll come out and ask me for things, but otherwise then sometimes he just goes back. Yeah, we have, I mean, I have to really be meeting it, like needing to go somewhere for me to interrupt independent play. Mm. Sometimes it will happen just at a random time, not at my, allocated three hours and it's like no no no, don't do not go ask her a question because my husband works at home too he even before covid my husband worked from home and so it's like no you need to go find go find another route to the bathroom you need to go find something somewhere else but you are not allowed to pass our kitchen and to the sight of our children who are then going to come and you best be quiet all the snapping and the clacking that's going to make them realize you've left your office because they are playing so nicely and and it benefits them. Yeah. I mean, it benefits me, but it also benefits them. It's interesting that you say that, like, don't, don't be quiet because it takes like, there was nap time quiet where it was like, nobody better breathe wrong. And then there's a different one, like nobody breathes so that they know that we're still here because yes. they have forgotten. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, well, this has been such an amazing conversation and full of like little gold nuggets that I think that is going to be really useful to moms, whether they, you know, have their little kids just still home with them all the time. And they're just trying to get like the bathroom without hands under the door or, you know, or moms that are trying to get some work done. So this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, I always love to wrap up the podcast by asking if you could go back to any point of your life and give yourself advice from the wisdom that you have now, what advice would you go back and give yourself? Okay. So I think I would go back and tell myself to be more open to trying new things not like weird things, but like, (laughs) 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 but I have, I knew who I was at a young age. I have no, I literally wrote a paper in high school that I wanted to be a mom, a wife and a teacher. Um, 
but so that had me so laser focused at times that I would have really benefited from some business or marketing classes or, you know, like I didn't obviously didn't anticipate teaching going this way, but so being more open to trying new things. Um, the other one would have definitely been to get a, get a degree in marketing. <laughs> because I can benefit from that. I know that can all be learned online, though. I don't think you need, you know, there's plenty of marketing people that will teach you, you know, but it is, it's those things that in hindsight, if you wish you would have known what you were going to become, right? You know, because our past takes so many different different things. Like I haven't, I'm an art major, but then I became a financial planner and people are like, how did you get from art to this? And I'm like, listen, it's a long story and it's a family thing, you know, but now to running my own business and I have a podcast and and I think we just learn to go with the flow, but you're right. Like even when I'm, I was younger, there's things that I wish back. I'm like, I wish I just would have not thought that this was the way that things had to be to give myself permission. Well, and in California, as I mean, specifically what I do, like in California, you can get a teaching credential with any bachelor's degree. So I could have still have all the background knowledge I have, but gotten a different um, major and had Mm. additional background knowledge that serves me in other ways. Or just interior design, like my house could be a lot more pretty if I knew how to put which base to put on this bookshelf. Oh man, I am feeling that same way right now. It's like we've entered this like, like we're, you know, I think it's like after, I don't know, maybe it's just for me, but like after 30, I'm like, okay, like it's, we could get like nice stuff now, but I'm like, where's like the box, the subscription box where people send it to (laughs) because I literally am just, I'm like, I really want those things and I love the Pinterest stuff, but that's not my gift. At all. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to spend all the money on it, I want to make sure it all looks good together. But I don't know how to determine if it looks good together. Yes. So if someone out there that's listening has a box for that, you have two people that want the box. Tell me what paint color. Let me send you the trim that is off white. That's white, but not white. So you can't really paint it white because then it looks (laughs) yellow. Um, If you have a box for that, I will buy it. (laughs) Well, if people want to reach out to you after the podcast, where can they find you? Best place to get a hold of me is Instagram because they have, because Instagram has a hold of me and I am sucked right on in. Um, you also just hit, go to the blog at sandboxacademy.com. Um, and I, I chat with my email peeps every single week. That's the most sure way to get a hold of me because Instagram isn't in charge of if I get to talk to you or not. <laughs> So true. It's so also just a side note. It's so funny to me how there's people I feel like you're either an email person or an Instagram person because I'm like, do not email me, please. People don't email <laughs> because I hate it. And if I send you an email, it's because it matters. But I love that. And that's good to know, you know, for some people. I, I'll be frank. I'm not the but I try real hard to be good about email responding to emails. But um, I'm not. But <laughs> I will. If you were just popping in to say hello, I will respond. Um, I have to really work on that. But I also know that that's the for sure way to actually get to talk to you because I don't own Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. So much for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? 
Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.